Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. I've built a multiple six-figure business on social media and have mentored now thousands of women across multiple industries on how to do the same. If you're ready to drop the excuses, learn all the juicy secrets, and step fully into the six-figure and beyond boss that you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I am so happy you're here. And quite frankly, I am super happy to be here as well, considering I had to miss a week because I had the C, the nasty, dirty C. Honestly, I'm kind of bummed about it because I was one of those people. I was like, I'm never going to get it. (laughs) I'm so healthy. I never get sick. Everybody else is weak. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But really, I certainly humbled myself last week as I was laid up in bed for a good five days straight. It took me out. Really, the worst part about it was the fatigue for sure. And, um, you know, just like chills and body aches and like an awful headache. I mean, you felt truly it was it was like a really awful, horrible hangover is what it felt like. So, I mean, honestly, like now in hindsight, now that I feel better and I'm on the mend looking back, it's like, okay, that wasn't so bad, but I know that people are saying that this variant apparently is the least severe out of all of them. So I'm super fortunate that if I was going to get one, it was this one, um, because I mean, it sucked, but like at no point was I worried about my life or anything like that. I was just bored. I didn't know what to do with myself. Well, I did. I I slept (laughs) and I, I really, I missed being here and creating and all the things. So I am happy to report that I am feeling significantly better. I wouldn't say I'm at a hundred percent. I, I still feel a little tired and just kind of overall meh but we're getting there. And for that, I'm super thankful. So thank you for being patient with me when I was not able to put out a podcast last week. I'm excited about the next few episodes that are coming up because we are doing a Q&A episodes, which I haven't done in quite some time. I fielded Instagram per usual for questions and got some of the best that I've ever received um, for a podcast Q&A before. They are really thoughtful, really juicy, some of them. And I'm excited. Um, I had Sarah, my behind the scenes ninja, organize these questions and kind of group them um, based on, you know, what kind of makes sense to answer together, which was really nice of her to do. So today, you know, you're, you're about to hear the ones we're going to get into. And there are some that I'm probably going to answer next week that are about 
specifically business growth and my business growth and and how I scaled my business from $5,000 my first year to 500 over $500,000 this past year and I mean I have just so much to share so all of that to say this is going to be a multi-parter. I'm thinking probably three different episodes and they're all just jam-packed with fantastic questions. So be looking forward to that. So let's go ahead and dive in. So some of these questions were requested to be anonymous. So for those, I will not share their names and let's go ahead and dive in. So we're kicking this off with a fantastic question from Lisa Stahl, and she asked, what is the best advice that I have given and the best advice that I have received? And that, I mean, how, how do you even, how do you even answer that? That's, it's such a good question, but I sat there for a minute and I thought about it. The one, you know, what's the best advice that I've received? And the first thing that came to mind, I'm going to stick with. And it's something that my dad used to say quite a bit. And that is, you make your own luck. You make your own luck. And that always struck with me. And he would say that to me when I was a child, because I would, you know, when you're a kid and somebody gets like a new toy or, or I don't know, somebody like doesn't have to do a hundred thousand write-offs like you do. Cause you get caught with gum in your mouth or whatever. Yeah. I, your, your first response is like, Oh, they're so lucky. I wish I was lucky. Why can't I be lucky like that? Right. And he would always say, and it was, of course, of course, so annoying at the time, but he would always say, um, you make your own luck. Like that's, that's your job to make that. And now as an adult, I can appreciate that so much. And he is a million percent correct. You absolutely make your own luck. We are in charge of the luck, the rooms that we put ourselves in, the people that we put ourselves around, the circumstances that we create, the circumstances that we avoid. Yes, is there some randomness to this life? Of course, but for the most part, we make our own luck. And I believe that. And I I thought that was really good advice from old dad that he gave me. That always stuck with me. And as far as the best advice that I've given, the first thing that came to mind that I think is a fair answer is actually something that I was talking to one of my clients about the other day. And I had made a post. I shared a screenshot of my year in review, my 2021 year in review for revenue. And I, I mean, from January to December, I, you know, for every single month, I put my monthly revenue and the total. And then underneath that, I put what I made in previous years for my very first year in business. So like I said, 2018 was a $5,000 year. 2019 was $190,000. 2020 was 290,000. And then we closed out 2021 at, I believe like 505 or 506, something like that. 
And one of my clients boxered me and she said, what happened? And, and this is actually one of the questions that I got to answer here in the podcast too, not today, but, and I'll talk more about this in the future, but my client messaged and she said, what happened? What, you know, you, you went from $5,000 to $190,000. Like what attributed to that massive jump? And of course there's, there's so many factors that played into how that happened. And again, I'll, I'll go deeper into more of like the business strategy of what happened between those two years, um, in, in a, in a future episode, but mindset wise is what I shared with her for advice, because I knew that, you know, she was, she was in a a situation in her business where she's still kind of in the beginning phases and putting herself out there is still pretty new. And she had confided in me that she was dealing with some procrastination and she had noticed that when she needed to do things in her business, things that would actually move the needle, she would not do them, you know, and she found herself self-sabotaging. So I knew this, which is why I shared this story with her, which I feel like is really good advice. And that was, so in 2018, I made $5,000 in my business and a big reason why strategy wise was because I didn't sell anything until the very end of the year. So it's really hard to make money in a business when you're not selling something shocker. But that didn't have to be the case. That year, I, you know, not to get into a bunch of different details, but I had just had crews. I had just shifted my business from managing social media to teaching it there were, you know, it was a massive transformation. And I was really, I was where a lot of people are right now, or certainly have been where I was trying to figure out my brand. I was trying to figure out my place, my corner of the internet. Not only that, but I was dealing with some serious limiting beliefs. I was dealing with serious anxiety around showing up, particularly on video, which I've shared before. I've for the longest time, I had what I would call like a near phobia of showing up on camera. I mean, I would just tear myself apart. I would end up in tears over it. And and all of this, all of this pretty much just held me back, quite frankly, right? Like I had this business and I was building a course, which I did end up launch at the end of the year. But again, like to, to be quote in business and not launch anything for the better piece of the year, because you're quote building a brand, uh, it's just, you know, not very responsible. And I really put myself and, and kind of my family in a bind by, by not pushing myself a little bit more. And a big piece of that was because of my insecurities. And I leaned, I was constantly leaning on these excuses, 
right? And like reasons why I I wasn't ready to sell and reasons why I couldn't show up on camera or I didn't have to show up on camera yet. And if I just hired this coach, then I could do it. Or if I just took this course or if I just hit this many followers or, right? There was just always something, always something. So I did launch something at the end of the year and, you know, ended up making $5,000, which you know still put me in the red by the end of the year. And I remember very clearly it was New Year's Eve 2018 and we're ringing in 2019. And what do you do on New Year's Eve? You reflect, right? You look back at the previous year and you reflect on what happened. And it was the first year in my adult life. I think where really nothing had changed. Really, I felt, which probably isn't very fair considering I had a baby that year, right? Like I'm, I had, you know, I was growing this business, like probably being a little hard on myself. But I think this also speaks to what I knew I was capable of, what I I knew my potential. I knew I was better than that. And I was reflecting on this year and had really nothing to show for it. Right. I, I was barely showing up online. I was making the same type of content that I was making before. Yes, I had launched a program, but not until the end of the year. Long story short, I just I felt very disappointed in that year. And I never really felt like that before at the end of the year. And, and I've shared before that something, one of my greatest values as a human is growth. Like that means more to me than almost anything. And I think the reason why I was so disappointed was because there was such little growth as far as my, my business and professional life was concerned. And I made a vow that day that I would never, ever feel that way again, ever. Like the pain of getting to the end of that year and only having what I had to show for it. I was not going to feel that way again. And I, I sat in that pain and I really, it allowed me to make a very powerful decision in that moment, never again to, to not do that again. And, and I vowed that from that year on, I would never have a new year's Eve where I look back on a year with zero growth, never. And, and here we are. And that really, and I, I, truly mean every single word of that. And, and, um, and I let that pain and that disappointment instead of allow me to wallow even more or hold me back. I allowed it to kind of slingshot and propel me forward. I kind of used it as a chip on my shoulder in a way. So I shared that with my client because I knew that she was kind of, you know, and and we were literally having this conversation, I think January 1st. So it was perfect timing when I shared that with her. And I was like, Hey, if you're not happy with how last year went, 
you don't have to do that again. It's done, right? You have a brand new slate, a clean slate ahead of you. If you don't want to make the the same mistakes as last year, let it fuel you and, and never look back. And I don't know. I don't know if that counts as advice. I think it does, but I think that that's pretty solid advice. Some of the most solid advice that I've given possibly, hopefully, maybe you think so, maybe not. (laughs) All right. The next question I got is from Malia wellness coach. And she asked, what are your top three books that have helped you grow in any way? Okay. This is really tough. I don't know how people choose just three, but, um, the three, the first three that came to mind, I just went and looked at my audible library and the three that stood out number one by far, and will probably always be my number one answer is U squared by price Pritchett. It's phenomenal. It's like 30 something pages. It's a little pamphlet. It's fire. That's number one. Number two, today I'm probably going to say The Surrender Experiment by Michael Sanger. He is the one who wrote, I would say, like his probably his more famous book that he's written, which is The Untethered Soul. I, I haven't finished that one. I could never get into it. The Surrender Experiment, I hear less people talk about, but it, it, really resonated with me and spoke to me. And it's just around this idea of, of surrendering to, to life and letting life surprise and delight you, even when at the time you're, it's not going your way. And as somebody who's a bit of a control freak, it was a beautiful book for me to read. And then the third would have to be untamed by Glennon Doyle. So good. I've listened to it like two or three times. I've read it. It's just, it's, it's a fantastic book. I recommend it, especially if you are a woman, especially if you're a mom. Okay. Next question that we're going to tackle is from Victoria Get Fit. And she asked, how do you balance kids and work? Well, we have help. We have a good, decent amount of help. We have a nanny who comes in three days a week. And then now Cruz is in school the other two days of the week. But before he was in school, Chris and I would do the baby balancing act where between calls, I would take him or Chris would take him or we both would take him and, and just make it work. I saw a post the other day that kind of triggered me a little bit. And it was this chick who was talking about something like, don't delegate your kids or like your kids should be the last thing that you delegate. And I was like, well, isn't that easy for somebody to say who doesn't need to delegate their kids? (laughs) I mean, come on. Right. And I just thought that, I mean, I don't know. You know, I I didn't think that was really fair because we all have different schedules, different workloads and, you know, different priorities. Not And if you get a nanny, that doesn't mean that you don't love or prioritize your kids. That means that you prioritize being present with them and you want them to be 
well taken care of while you are focused on bringing in money for the family, you know? So anyway, every family is so different. Every dynamic is so different. And for us, we're very fortunate because we have had more face time with Cruz and time with him than I think, I mean, so many other parents would, would dream to have because most families, at least a few years ago, would have to go into an office and leave the house to work. And both Chris and I, for the past few years, we've had the pleasure of being able to to work from home, which has been really neat because we've gotten so much time with him. But we still desire support with him because both of our careers are equally important to both of us. And, and when we're with Cruz, we want to be able to be present with him. So to us, it makes sense to bring in support so that we can be present in whatever activity we are focusing on in the moment. So that's how we make it work. The next question is from Melissa Arespinosa. And she asks, life has changed, but I'm not sure how to pivot my brand. So I assume since you're saying this, you desire to pivot your brand. So I think the question that you should be asking yourself is what, what change do you desire? What are you currently doing right now that doesn't maybe resonate with you anymore that maybe you've outgrown. And if you could pivot your brand, which simply means you're, you're talking about different things, you're creating content on different things. You're maybe offering something different, maybe vastly different, maybe just slightly different. But If you were to make those changes, what would that be? Best case scenario, what does your dream business look like? What are you talking about? What do you educate on? Who are you working with? How are you supporting them? What level of results are you getting? I would first get clear on that. And then once you get clear on that and you you can compare, okay, how does this compare to what I'm currently doing? And how can I pivot accordingly to align myself with the type of brand that I actually desire? And oftentimes this looks like simply kind of foiling in new subjects, right? Like, for example, let's say you you currently sell a product Okay. And you work from home and you have your brand and you talk about the product and you talk about working from home and maybe like, you know, personal development, little things like that. But since then you have fallen in love with real estate and you're in the process of getting your real estate license. And you know that you want that to be more of a focal point of your brand. So we want to start talking about real estate, right? We want to start incorporating that into your conversation on stories, in your posts, 
sharing about your current experience, getting, getting your license, what you're learning, how you desire to help people, getting people hyped up for what's to come. As you practice doing this over time, it will become easier. And typically the next question that I get with that, um, you know, with this kind of conversation around pivoting your brand is, okay, well, what, what about my current followers? What if they started following me for this and then, and then they, they lose interest. That's going to happen. That's absolutely going to happen. But for as many people that lose interest in your new interest, there are so many others that are going to love to follow you because of that new interest. So you really need to adopt this abundance mindset of like, it's going to work out. Yes, I'm going to lose followers, but you would lose followers anyway, whether you continue talking about the same boring stuff that you're not even really that into, or you pivot your brand and you talk about the things you actually want to talk about. The next question I got is from anonymous and she asked what makes someone decide to follow a stranger with under 100 or 1000 followers she said i have limiting beliefs for sure but i never used to follow small accounts so it feels like quote no one end quote would want to follow a small account because i never did so i think in the past there was totally um almost like a snobby approach to small accounts on Instagram, right? Like just a few years ago it was like if you don't have x amount of followers, you know, 5,000, 10,000 whatever, like you're a nobody. <laughs> and that's why we were all in a race to get to 10,000 followers because those numbers really meant something then. They carried more weight. Now I can definitely tell a difference in the culture of Instagram and I can see those metrics are certainly carrying a lot less weight, right? It used to be such a big deal and it really mattered how many followers you had. It really mattered how many likes you have. And yeah, like if you, if you're an influencer and you're wanting to get brand deals, then those things do matter, right? Those metrics matter when you're wanting to work with other brands. But as far as strangers on the internet looking for people to follow, I would argue that that old narrative, you know, the snobbiness that we all kind of used to have, or at least I did for sure, and I knew a lot of people who did, I think that that's kind of fallen to the wayside and has relaxed a bit. So I would not project that onto other people because things have changed. So to answer your question, what makes someone decide to follow a stranger with under a thousand followers? My response would be the overall vibe of the account, right? Like if somebody follows me, or if I'm, and actually I'm going to add something here too, but I'll get to that in a second. But like, let's say somebody follows me and I go and I check out their feed. If I don't know them, if they're truly a stranger, the only reason why I would follow them 
is if they have a sick aesthetic, something in their bio just speaks to me, right? Your bio is like your, your, the, the new business card, not even new. I mean, it's just, it's been that. So it would need, you know, the vibe would need to be right. Some, you know, their, their bio would need to speak to me. Or maybe I've scrolled past a piece of their content and and their content spoke to me for one way or another or one reason or another. Also, I, as I was saying that, and I was like, you know, if somebody were to follow me and I were to check out their feed, da, 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 that rarely happens. It is very rare that I go and and look at somebody's feed just because they followed me. Like that doesn't, once you get, once you get your account to a certain level, you get X amount of followers a day. It just, it kind of becomes normal. And especially with the podcast and, and whatnot, and, you know, being fortunate enough to be shared in the ways that I do most days, I don't like, I, I don't even pay attention to that anymore. So the way that I check out accounts. Like if I were to ever just like go and look at somebody's account, it's because I scrolled past their content for some reason, which Instagram's doing a really good job throwing random content in our feeds that are aligned with the the algorithm and yeah, the, the type of content that we we engage with. So I might do that. Or I'm having a great conversation with the person in the DMs. So that happens a lot. I follow a lot of people who I don't know from Adam because we're having a genuine conversation in the DMs and I just really like they have a great personality. They, you know, whatever. And I look at their feed and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I want to follow this person. And and whenever I do that, it's it's typically, again, it comes down to the vibe, the content, that kind of thing. So I, if I were you, I would definitely do your best to let go of that belief that people don't want to follow small accounts anymore because things are changing so much. And if I were you, if you have under a thousand followers, I would get that vibe, right? I would get your bio in check to align and attract your ideal client really focus on your content because the better content you make, the more you're going to grow through organic um, engagement, shares and whatnot. And also get in the DMs, start having conversations. I know I'm not the only one who follows people because we have a connection in the DMs. So that could be a great way for you to connect with people as well. And also something else that I've noticed too, which has really given me so much freedom to not overthink my own numbers is I have noticed so many women in the coaching space and the coaching industry, women who are they creating and have created incredibly successful businesses. I'm talking like six figure months, multi-million dollar years who get sometimes average, if not bad engagement on social media. And that 
is so it's it's such a breath of fresh air for me because and I know so many of you can relate to this sometimes that can be stressful I mean that that's like understatement of the century <laughs> engagement and your followers can be stressful like that that's I mean that's the the reason for a lot of our stress on social media is our engagement is dipping people are unfollowing us our story views have gone down first they went up and then they went down and what you don't want to do and and please hear me when I say this the last thing you want to do, when it comes to your numbers is to make a story about them making stories like, okay, when my engagement is down, that means my sales are down. Or if people aren't following me, that means that I'm doing something wrong or, you know, we all, we all do this on some level. Don't do that because the, your engagement is going to ebb and flow all the time, no matter what Jesus Christ could have an Instagram account and his and his engagement would dip up and down. His story views would be going bonkers and he himself would be like, what the frick, guys, come on. <laughs> so it happens to all of us. And I think the thing, because I, I am queen of not giving a flying F about my numbers on Instagram. I don't care. I don't pay attention to them. I don't care to hide the number of likes on my posts. I've never, like currently, I am getting the least amount of engagement on my posts. I think I've ever gotten before, like back when in my first year of business. I'm it's it's honestly embarrassing. I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, what can you do? I'm showing up. I'm creating the best content that I know how to create. I cannot do more than that. So for me to freak out and make stories and overthink and overstress about some likes on an Instagram post, what is that doing for me? It's the only thing it's doing is hurting me. Right? So I just don't care. And I think that what's helped me care even less about that and just focus and stay focused on what I'm here to do, which is to create and support you in different ways. What's helped me is seeing these examples of other women with utterly thriving businesses with piss poor engagement. And that is like, oh, thank God. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Not that I want them to get bad engagement, but it just goes to show that all you need is a handful of people that are tapped in, dialed in into the things that you're doing, bought into you, buying your stuff, and you can be wildly successful. Also, this speaks to the importance of a um, email list too. So definitely something to think about there. Okay. And the last question we're going to dive into today is from anonymous. And she asked, how would your power hour look in 2022? Would it be different with under a thousand followers? So if you're not sure what she's referring to, 
Last year, I made a freebie called the Power Hour. And the reason why I made this is because I got asked all the time, like I, you know, from a lot of work from home moms or women who are, were growing businesses on the side and they had a full-time job. So I got asked all the time, like if I only had an hour in the day, what would you have me do to grow my business? Thus, I made something called the Power Hour Guide. This is probably one of the juiciest, I would argue, most helpful freebies I've ever made. I'm really proud of the Power Hour Guide. And I'm going to put this in the show notes. So if you're interested in this, I highly recommend, even if you have over an hour to work on your business each day, still download this because you can do this. If you have two hours, you can do this times two. Like it's, it's, I think a really smart intentional guide, uh, to be intentional with your time and your actions on social media, especially if you're somebody who doesn't want to waste your time on social media. So my answer to this is how would your power hour look in 2022? Would it be different for under a thousand followers? My answer would be exact same a hundred percent. And I went and I pulled this up and I looked at it just to make sure that I wasn't forgetting anything. And I still stand by the power hour guide. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to run through the, the steps of the power hour guide briefly, but again, highly recommend downloading the freebie because there's some pre-work for this so that you really get the most out of out of your hour. There, there is a little bit of pre-work and I'm not going to get into that here. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful workbook. You can print out if you like that kind of thing, or just keep it on your computer. Okay. So the power hour is obviously it's an hour and I've broke it up in segments of minutes per task. So your first 20 minutes, what I encourage you to do is to create value. This is number one. This is put number one for a reason because it's the most important thing you can do. If you are growing a business on social media, you must be creating value. So that's number one. So in your first 20 minutes, you want to create some sort of value via content, whatever that looks like. The second 20 minutes, you are going to be engaging thoughtfully before and after posting. So actually this could be, this could be all at once for 20 minutes, or this could be broken up into 10 minute increments before you post and after you want to be going and engaging, you want to be engaging thoughtfully with your ideal client or customer. The third block of time is 10 minutes and that is update periodically. And what that is, is just popping into your stories, showing your face, telling people what you're working on. What are you pondering that day? What have you learned recently that would interest your audience? Are you teasing a program? Have you made something for them? Do you have a call to action um, for 10 minutes If you only have an hour, you want to pop into your stories and show that gorgeous face. And then in the final 10 minutes of the hour, you want to grow intentionally. So this is where you take a few minutes and you go and you can make a goal for yourself to find three to five new people that fit the description of your ideal client, add them to a list to prospect and begin engaging with them and do the profitable prospecting. 
strategy that I've created. Okay. So that is the power hour guide. Again, I'll link that in the, um, in the show notes, I'll link it on my Instagram bio as well and highly recommend that. So that's all the time that I have today, but aren't those such good questions? And honestly, I started with some easier ones today just to give my little brain a break and kind of ease into it. Those weren't even like the juiciest. I mean, all the questions were good, but there's some really, really good ones. So we will continue the Q&A conversation next week. But if this was helpful for you, I would love if you tagged me in your stories or let me know. And if you really want to make a girl's day, it would mean the world to me if you left me a five-star review on iTunes. I love you so much. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and we will talk soon. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team, or even better, dropping me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Reeves. And or you can join us in the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group. See you back here next week.